The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness, where on every episode of this show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman you're meant to be. Joining me today, I believe from Canada, is Kathleen Trotter. Kathleen is a fitness expert, a media personality, a personal trainer, a writer, and author of Finding Your Fit, a compassionate trainer's guide to making fitness a lifelong habit, and her newest book, Your Fittest Future Self. I am thrilled to have Kathleen on the show today and to learn more about her book. She has been a personal trainer and fitness expert for almost 20 years, and she writes for numerous publications, including the Huffington Post. She has a regular monthly segment in beautiful Montreal and makes frequent media appearances on many other television shows. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Oh, it is absolutely my honor. I love listening to your podcast. And I think whenever I hear my introduction, I think that one of the things that we need to add to it is that, yes, you know, I know all about health and fitness, but I know all about health and fitness because I've been muddling through for the last, you know, 20 years. And I continue to muddle through. I think oh, that when I was a teenager and overweight and unhealthy and unhappy, one of the things is I would look at all these, you know, people in magazines or people who are the, the fitness gurus, and I would think, oh, they have it all figured out. They know exactly what they're doing. You know, they are fit. They're there. And the more I live my life, the more I realize it's just such a journey. And, you know, we all make mistakes and we all fall off and, you know, we all have to course correct. And and as long as you're kind of working and winning, then then you're winning, you know, as long as you're just sort of building your resi- resilience and, and learning and enjoying the process. But I that's muddle so all the true. time, so that definitely yeah. has to be added to my my bio, the muddler. The muddler. I love that. We're going to add that to your bio. I think many of us are muddlers yeah. and many of us are seekers too, right? Always twisting and turning and learning kind of new information and new angles and perspectives, even on things that we have known for, for decades. So your newest book, though, is Your Fittest Future Self. Uh, tell us what inspired you to write that book and what in the world does that mean? Well, I think that my my own journey in, inspired it. Um, you know, I you know I was this unfit and unhealthy kid. I sort of ate my way through my parents' divorce. I'm six feet tall, and now I love this um, height. But mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger, and everyone, all the boys were shorter than me, and you know, we moved around a lot. And my mom was an actress, so we sort of moved to all these small towns in Ontario, so she could she did that theater acting. And you know, I didn't. I just always felt really uncomfortable in my own skin. And so my whole journey as a um, a fitness, you know, as they say, fitness guru, fitness expert, is is sort of figuring it out for myself. Um, and then through that, working with people. And I, the book itself comes from a conversation I was having actually with one of my very best girlfriends. Um, and we were sitting having a pedicure. And, you know, my friends always ask me, okay, well, what, what's the benefit of this? Or should I do that? And so I think at the time we were talking about uh, Legree Pilates. And she was like, okay, so should I do that? And then intermittent fasting. And my answer always to her was, you know, here are the pros of this and here are the cons. And Mm -hmm. based on how I know what I know of you of a person, then this pro might work. And based on what I know of, you know, you then because of this con, then this might not work. And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, that's your next book. And I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? She's like, that's your next book that, you know, your fittest future self that you have to make uh, choice today based on the pros that will work for you and that there is no one size fits all that 
everyone needs a really unique mixture. So Your Fittest Future Self is based on the idea of helping readers figure out their health mix, their uh, workout mix, their nutrition mix, and their mindset mix. Um, all based on the idea that in order to create these mixes, you have to make choices today that will set you up for the future. You know, I think a lot of us fall into this like, well, on Monday I'll, I'll be fit or next month I'll get mm-hmm. fit or tomorrow. Um, but really today is the only moment that we have direct control over. So we have to harness the power of this moment. Um, so well, so yeah, my like... journey, and that, that, I've learned that through my journey, right? Because I... Right. You know, I grew up not wanting to work out. So I still have those moments where I don't want to work out. But now I say to myself, Kathleen, your future you will be happier and healthier if you move. So that type of self-talk in the moment helps me be future, future fit. So I love that. So that idea of being future fit is very much, it very much parallels this idea that so many of us talk about of visualization, uh, sort of projecting where it is that you're trying to go, having that vision in your mind, surrounding yourself with that vision so you don't fall off that easily. But I'm laughing because I think that not only are you a muddler, but you're also a mixer because you're talking a lot about mixing. Can you tell us a lot, a little bit about what is the individualized health mix and about this whole concept of mixing? It sounds very very much. I'm curious to see what you say. I have a feeling it's very similar to what I talk about in, in urging people to develop their own personal power plan or their own personal prescription for power. So what, what are you referring to when you talk about an individualized health mix? Yeah, I will also often call it your recipe for success. I think it mm-hmm. sounds very similar to what you talk about. Basically, the book is broken down into three sections. So uh, first, we talk about your workout mix. So I break down all the different workouts available, everything from CrossFit to Pilates to running. And then I say, here are the pros, here are the cons, because everything in life, every choice has a pro and a con, and you just have to know what works for you. And then I do the same thing for a different diet. You know, I'll talk about intermittent fasting versus the Mediterranean versus paleo. Um, And then in the mindset portion, I connect to, you know, are you using self-talk? Are you using meditation? Um, because I, I actually really believe that one of the things that's missing in the fitness world is a connection and an emphasis on self-talk because mm-hmm. we all basically know how to make healthier choices, you know, drink more water, have more greens, but knowing and doing are so two very different things. Um, and we all need that self-talk mix in order to to take what we know and actually put it into action. Um, so it's all, but it's about knowing what, what works for you. So staying in your own lane, thriving in your own lane. You know, I, I often look at my parents as examples of this. You know, my dad, he plays hockey four days a week. He bikes around Montreal. Um, he, he gardens. My mom, she loves um, yoga and she loves walking her dog. And if I told my mom that she had to stay fit by going to hockey, she would not work out. She just wouldn't do it. Whereas if I told my dad that he had to stay fit from doing yoga, he'd kind of look at me like I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, or one time I remember bringing my mom to a spin class because I've, I've always talked group exercise and she got off the bike and she sort of said to me, Kathleen, I love you more than anything, but if you ever try to make me do that class again, I will kill you. She's like, I won't do it. And that that's connected to finding your mix because so much of health is just consistency. And so many of us try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like we try to make ourselves do things that we hate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can do that for a week or so, but you can't do that for your entire life. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think that the, the mediocre workout that you can do consistently is way better than the quote unquote best workout that you'll never do, right? Like people come to me all the time and say, well, I, I've heard that I need to run, that running is the best. And I said, well, do you like it? Oh, no. Does it have it, has it caused injuries for you in the past? Oh, well, yeah. Will, will you actually do it? Well, no. So then no, it's not the best. It's not the best. Right. right. Me, yeah. I love running. It's my thing. Right. And so, I... You know, when I wrote, it's part of my fit. You know, I get it. Like I wrote the Superwoman RX with that intention in mind because so many people were like, "Well, I just read the study, so I think this is the best thing for me to do," or "I just, you know, I'm I'm going keto because that's the trend right now," or "I'm doing this," or "I'm doing that." Whereas, very much, it's we're each unique, we're each individual, and we have to have some way of assessing and formulating a plan for our health that is really uh, our own. And one of the reasons I love the Eastern systems of medicine so much is because they, they would do that. They would, you know, they would take the person into account before maybe prescribing a diet or herbs or their version of medications or things like that. And it sounds like that's the same approach that you're taking when it comes to fitness and trying to really be your healthiest self. How can can somebody gather that yeah. information? Do you do you depend on feeling and emotion, or what's your sort of algorithm, so to speak, to help somebody arrive at really what's best for them or what their mix should be? Um, well, I think there's a number of things. First of all, curiosity is really important because I think a lot of us are like, oh no, I'm not the type of person who does X, so that cuts us off from experimenting. And I think that. Yes, every individual person's mix is different, but I think the key to understand is that your mix will also evolve and change as you evolve. Like, so your mix at 70 should be different than your mix at 30. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and you know, the tagline I always use is that daily motion has to be thought of as a non-negotiable, but how you create that daily motion is then up to you. So if you start from the mindset that my health is a non-negotiable, and then then you ask yourself the question to how to figure it out. So, you know, in my book, as I said, I go through all the different pros and the cons, but I also um, establish some really good questions that you need to ask yourself um, to understand which pros and which cons would work for you. So, you know, just almost like interviewing yourself. So mm-hmm. ask yourself, when in my life has I have I been the most healthy and happy? Okay, so how do I reproduce those things? So maybe if in high school you played a particular sport, maybe that's something to look into, right? Or maybe if you, when you've done yoga in the past, you felt the most centered. Okay, so maybe that's something to look into. Um, and also look at when have you been the least healthy and then look at the, the situations around that. Um, ask yourself, what type of person are you? Are you somebody who likes to do everything all at once, like make really big changes, or if you're somebody who wants to make um, really small changes and incremental changes? So I have a bunch of questions that go through and help you pinpoint um, what type of person you are in relation to change, what type of person you are in relation to what type of exercise are you. In the first book, um, Finding Your Fit, I, I outline four fitness personalities. So mm-hmm. people who eat the home bodies, if you want, if you need to work out at home, the gym body, the competitive bunny, and the busy multitasker with mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, let's say one week you're really, really busy at work. Maybe that week you're the busy multitasker. You know, you walk at lunch, you get your steps, but every other week you're the gym bunny, but you just can't get to the, you know, the gym that week. So then you're the busy multitasker. So again, with that idea that daily motion is a non-negotiable, but how you get there is up to you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of the other questions that we go through in the book is just what's your linchpin habit? Because 
you know, it doesn't really, you know, you can change a million and a half things, but if you're not changing the thing that really is causing you the most negative bang for your buck, then you're not going to see the biggest results. So a great example of that is, you know, a lot of diets um, say cut out alcohol, but I haven't drank alcohol in 15 years. So if I went to a trainer and they didn't know that about me and they were like, oh, you know, you you can lose weight, just cut out alcohol. Well, that would mm-hmm. be good, right? Or I have a lot of clients who they'll come in and say, okay, I'm going to make a big change. I'm going to focus on my breakfast. Because they've read all the studies that breakfast are the most important meal of the day. But the problem is, is breakfast for them isn't really that bad of a meal. You know, they, maybe they can make it 10% better. But mm-hmm. really what their negative, biggest bang for their negative buck habit is that they're eating, you know, 3,000 calories between 11 o'clock at night and 2 a.m. in the morning. So for them, that's what they need to cut out. Right. So it's right. sort of about knowing you and just being able to take a little bit of a step back uh, look at the chessboard of your life, you know, don't be a pawn, but look at the, the board and sort of see, okay, like, what is going on? What's the bigger picture? Um, mm-hmm. And what can I change that's going to make the biggest uh, effect? And um, and how am I going to change it? Am I going to change it all at once? Am I going to little steps? Where have I gone wrong in the past? What can I learn? Um, how can I have that growth mindset? I like that. Uh, what do you think the most important thing is for somebody starting out on a fitness journey uh, with all your experience that you've had over the last 20 years? What What is the most important thing for them to do? Because I think once you get people going, they start to feel so much better that they stay motivated. But it's sometimes those first initial start stops are the, are the toughest. Um, I think I, I can never answer one thing. So I'm going to say two things. So the first thing is I think just understanding that when you start, everybody thinks they're so motivated and everything's going to go perfectly. And I think that everybody needs to embrace that there are inherent ups and downs to every process um, and that they are going to fall off the fitness horse. Um, and that when they do, they just have to learn to course correct quickly and um, learn from the experience. I think partly what people think is when they're really, really motivated, okay, they're just going to be perfect. Um, And, you know, I always say to people, perfection is not possible, but working is possible and learning is possible. So if you say to yourself, you know, when I deviate, when I have a cookie I wasn't planning to, or when I, you know, miss a workout, then you just have to get back on that horse really quickly and you have to learn. So did you have the cookie because you let yourself get too hungry? You didn't have a good enough lunch? Did you not get enough sleep that night? Um, But sort of really leaning into the fact that this is a learning process, that it's not going to be perfect and there are going to be bumps and expecting that. Um, and so you're not surprised. And I often use with my clients, the I call it the mustard analogy. And I say to people, you know, if you spilled a little bit of mustard on your shirt, you wouldn't then take the mustard bottle and pour it all over your head, right? But we all do that with fitness. We like, you know, have a cookie and then we're like, oh, well, we had a cookie. We might as well have 17 of them, right? I had a glass of wine, so I might as well also have chocolate cake. Um, so really embracing that the faster you course correct, the better, not letting yourself shame spiral, not letting yourself go down that rabbit hole of, well, I did this thing, so I might as well do another bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and connected to that, just really getting away from this idea of perfectionism, right? Um, it's, you know, so many people wait for the perfect week or the perfect day to get fit. Um, but you just have to start now. I mean, it circles back to what we started with at the beginning of the conversation is that now is the only moment we have real control over. So instead of waiting for that perfect Monday for everything to fall into place, just sort of say, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to have some water, like I'm going to do whatever I can now in this moment. 
to make me like a healthier, happier version of me. Got it. Well, I think those are all excellent suggestions. Um, I want to leave you or ask you at least one more question before we have to leave you. What do you think or how do you define someone being fit? Or what do you mean when you suggest someone rethinking being fit? Like what, what should, like what should people be thinking about when they think fitness? We always think muscle mass and waist circumference and flexibility and some of these very tangible things. But what do you think that we should be thinking about? Well, I love that question. And there's a whole chapter in the book about it. And basically, you just want to think about what fit looks like on you. Um, and I, people always look at me when I say like, okay, what does fit look like on you? They kind of look like I'm crazy because everybody has this monolithic idea of fit, you know, the person in the magazine, or as you said, the person with the muscles. And I'm not arguing that that's a wrong idea of fit, if that's who you want to be. But I think the problem with those really, really perfectionist driven ideas of fit is one, they don't exist. Like people on magazines, you know, they're airbrushed or they've gone on a diet for a month before that or, or whatever. But it's also just not staying in your own lane. Like maybe your version of fit is just being able to get down and off the ground, you know, to play with your grandkids. Or maybe your idea of fit for me is going for a run um, or being able to do a, the sport that you love or being able to play with your kids. Um, and I think that the, the big, those big F-fit ideas, right, of the fitness models, they just keep us from actually moving because it's like, well, I'm never actually going to be that person. I'm never going to be the person who has, you know, chicken and vegetables and two proteins make, uh, shakes a day. Like, my life is too busy, so why even try? Um, I think the thing about when you, if you really take the time to think about what fit looks like on you, um, then you, then it's realistic, and then you can set, you know, goals versus what I call fitness wishes. So many of us have these fitness wishes. And and when you have wishes, they don't actually happen because they're not real. So if you can look, sit down and make a list of who you actually want to be, not your favorite celebrity, not your father, not your mother, uh, not even your best friend, like what, what do you want to be able to do? And really make sure that you take the time to connect it to your value system and the trade-offs that you're willing to make. Because, you know, I have so many people who come in and say, okay, well, I want to lose, you know, 20 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym three nights a week after work and two mornings in the morning. And then when we actually look at their lifestyle, to, to make that work, they'd have to um, take some time away from their family and they'd have to, you know, work out way more intensely than the trade-offs that they're actually willing to make. So maybe we rethink their fit so that they want to lose five pounds, bring down their blood pressure a bit, and work out three days a week as opposed to five, right? Um, because it's very discouraging to have this um, unrealistic version of fit and then never reach it. And then you just sort of throw in the towel and you're like, well, I can't do it, so why even try? Um, but if it's connected to your why and what you want to do, then you're much more likely to stick with it consistently. And if I leave everybody listening with one word, it's this idea of consistency, right? Like get into health for the long term. Stop worrying about what you can do for like a week or two weeks or a month and figure out what you can do, you know, for the rest of your life. How can you make this a lifestyle that you that you stick with versus, you know, um, letting go every every week because you set unrealistic goals. The book is Your Fittest Future Self, and we want you thinking about your individualized health mix and understanding a new definition of fitness and rethinking fit. 
Kathleen, if the audience wants to get a hold of you or connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, first, I absolutely love hearing from people. So please, you know, if you have any questions or comments, my website is KathleenTrotter.com. You can always get hold of me through there. I'm Kathleen Trotter Fitness on Instagram, Trotter Fitness on Twitter, and Kathleen Trotter um, on Facebook. And I really do love connecting with people. So if you have questions, just shoot me a note and I will get back to you within 24 hours. Fantastic. And so for everybody else out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. If you have questions about today's shows, and then connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, it's at Dr. TazMD. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time. And thank you so much, Kathleen. My pleasure.